Welcome to Money Freedom for Photographers, where I teach you how to question all your money beliefs, show up and sell your photography, and create a business that feels amazing. I'm your host, Safina Duke. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, my friend and client, Keely Miller. Keely is a portrait photographer based in San Diego, California. And she is a six-figure earner who just completed a 15K month. She has so much wisdom for you. Not only is she doing well financially in her business, but she's also attracting all clients that she loves. She's taking a lot more vacation and a lot more space away from work. So she has a very balanced business to home life. So she's the real deal, and she's really embodying what it means to have a successful and thriving business with clients that you love. So I'm so happy for her. Listen in, take notes. Everything she says is amazing. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Keely. Hey, Sophina. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to interview you. How are you? Oh, me too. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's just start off by introducing you. We've known each other for a very long time, but how would you like I to- I think we've known each other for like eight years, seven years. Like, I feel like it's been a long time. It's like since I started my photography business. So probably yeah. six years. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about you. All right. So for those of you who do not know me, my name is Keely Miller. I am a portrait photographer specializing in photographing women. Um, I met you, Safina, back in Indianapolis, where I grew up and first started my business. I moved um, out to San Diego about two years ago now, had to rebuild my business, got hit by COVID, all all of the things. Um, So it's just been a season of rebuilding and growth. And I'm just so excited to talk about that with you guys today. And who do you work with? So I specialize in photographing women. So I do beauty and boudoir for women. Okay. Yay. Okay. So I have so many questions for you. And we coached together last year and kind of this year. Yes. So I think we started in uh, September, October of last year. So 2020. So we got through all, it was right after your having, being closed from COVID for a long time. Oh, we got, we, we went through some stuff. <laughs> okay. We, so I have it. notes for you and you have notes for me. So where do we, where do you want to start? I think that maybe we should start with one of the biggest hurdles that you got me through and probably one of the biggest kind of aha light bulb moments that I had, uh-huh. um, I remember when we had our first call, Safina you said, I think only like five minutes in, you told me, oh, you are already successful. And at that time, like we talked about, my business was shut down uh, here in California. I was not allowed to be open in the studio. So I did not feel successful whatsoever because I had no clients. I had had virtually no photography income since March. And so you, you know, I was not, not feeling too good about myself or my business. And you said, Keely, you are already successful. And at that time I was like, no, like I'm not successful right now. Like maybe I'll be successful when I do this or when I reach this. And so that was just kind of one of those first obstacles that I feel like we really got over is just believing that you are already successful and then just realizing that reality follows your beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. I remember our first call where I was like, what do you want to get from this? And you were like, I just want to get here so that I can be successful. (laughs) I was like, Keely, how old are you? (laughs) Like you're literally, do you want to talk about how much you've accomplished in your young, (laughs) young age? In my, in my youth. So I started my business when I was very young. So I I started doing, and I say business, I I really mean just doing paid gigs when I was 12 years old. And really all that meant was that family, friends, 
knew I liked taking pictures and they were like, Hey, Keely, will you take our family photos? We'll pay you like 40 bucks. And when you are 12 years old, 40 bucks is like, that is the lottery. That is a lot of money. So of course, when I was 12, I was like, Oh my God, like I can, I can make 40 bucks from doing something that I really like doing. And so that's how it all really started for me. So I started my quote unquote business when um, I was 12. And so I started with family portraits, senior portraits. I got into the wedding world when I was only 15. And so when I look back at that and think about how brides and grooms were hiring a 15, 16, 17 year old to photograph arguably the most important day of their life, I, I wanted to pee my pants. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking and that that in and of itself really goes back to like even the belief now that when I look back at 15 I'm like well what were they thinking almost like I duped them or conned them into hiring me to take their photos you know what I mean and we can talk about that later um but yeah I got into the wedding world for a little bit I started specializing in seniors for quite some time and now I'm 22. I will be turning 23 in uh, three days. So reaching, <laughs> thank you. So reaching some serious age right there. Um, but yeah, I've built a six-figure business now uh, before I turn 23. I, I started implementing IPS when I was 19. And I made my first 10K sale, I think, when I was 20. So while I was still like in college, pause on the, like, yeah, have a successful business. You have a six figure business. You just, you basically just moved like what, a couple of years ago now? Yeah. Almost two years ago, a little bit so over a year and a half. Starting at, in a new area, you've built a successful six figure business. Yeah. It, How does it feel? Like, let's just pause and tell, because a lot of people like this is their dream of for photography is that they want to have a six-figure photography business how does it feel to be there it's so funny and I really want to talk about this today but it really is I used to feel like I would feel successful when I got my first 10k sale right or I used to think that I would feel successful or I would feel good enough when I got my commercial studio, or I would feel successful enough when I was making six figures or whatever number, or even now like, oh, well, I'll feel like I'm old enough when I'm 25 or 30. But once we reach those numbers, that, that gap just moves unless we already believe that we are successful as we are, that we are enough as we are. So like you see all those posts on Facebook, right? That are like, okay, like I made my 10K sale or it's a photo of a check or it's a photo of cash or it's a photo of a square account that says like, oh, I got like a $30,000 a month, but we don't see what's behind that, right? Hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it really took me, right. It, it really took me to feel like I'm already successful when frankly, I was making no money back in September for things to really start to change. But how were you already successful even when you weren't making any money? So I don't think that you can define success from money. You know, you can't define success from age. You can't define success from whether you have a studio or not, right? Um, success to me, at least, in this time of my life is less so about hitting these monetary goals. The goals that I try to set for myself now are frankly things that you can't get with money. Like one of the things that I'm really striving towards is being able to like take time off. You know, like I have family coming in this week for my birthday. So I just get to take the whole week off, you know, or I took a whole week off like last month because I had family who was visiting. So I just was able to take the week off. I have time to sleep in. I have time to meditate. I have time to, and you're not going to like me for this. I have time to go to the beach like all the time, like every week. I, I have that time and that freedom. Yeah. And I think that is what you really don't see in those Facebook posts or, you know, those screenshots of 
this is my new studio, this is my monthly income, this is my last sale. Well, and it's completely different work, right? Like not everybody that has the monetary goals hit has the space in their calendar and has the like brain space to be managing all of their clients, right? Like that's a completely different work to do to get there. What would you say people who are like, okay, yeah, that's great, but all I, I need money right now. Like all I care about is the monetary goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think that I hit my first 20 K month. Cause I was thinking about this. I think I hit my first 20 K month when I was 20, um, in that month when I had my 10 K sale, but because of my beliefs and I really did not think that I deserved that money. I, I, I think that I thought that I conned my clients into writing and signing that check. You know what I mean? I I, I felt like I duped them. Which like, like, let's pause for a second and just say that that's proof right there that even if you don't have the belief that like, like the perfect belief system, like even if you think you're conning your clients, you can still have a $20,000 month. (laughs) That's great. Right, but because of those thoughts, Athena, I... I think like my next month was probably like $1,000 or $2,000. And so was the month after that, because I just pushed, I would push clients away really underlying I would. And, um, and so kind of going back to those first things that you helped me get through those first barricades that you helped me get through. I think number one was that you are already successful, but when you're broke, it's hard to feel successful because you need money right? Like you have to pay rent. You There's bills. Like let, let's be frank. When you don't have any money in your bank account, you're going to feel desperate. And so I've been, I don't want to say lucky enough, but I, I've worked enough at this point to build a couple systems that I know will make me money. And what those systems are going to be are going to be different for everybody. You know what I mean? Like I can't just give other people my Facebook ad. They, they can't just copy and paste it and run it in their market to their clients. Even if we had the same business, even if we had the same market, even if we were the same person, it yeah. would not work. Why not? Um, so it's- <laughs> What makes your Facebook ad successful that other people can't copy? I think that it really is. I think that a really big shift for me and my business was honestly just digging really, really deep into my why and into my purpose and sharing that. Um, So my my why as a photographer and why I photograph women and why I photograph what I do in the way that I do it is because I hate my body. Like, let's just get real for a second. So I photograph beauty and boudoir portraits for women because I, I know how it feels to have a sterile woman in my studio bawling her eyes out because she saw the back of the camera and she's never felt beautiful in her entire life. You know what I mean? I I, I know, I know how that feels to have somebody clinging onto you and telling you that they've hid their face for decades. They've hid their body for decades because they've never felt beautiful. And even for one day, well, even for one day, you made her feel beautiful. Yeah. Right. And so a big shift in my business and in my marketing and how I'm just showing up for my clients and for my audience was just really digging deep into that purpose and saying no to things that don't necessarily align with that purpose. And again, when you're broke, when you have no money in your bank account and somebody contacts you for family photos, It's really hard to say no. It's really hard to say no and say, this does not align with my purpose. Yeah. How do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you get through when you're broke and you feel just desperate? Like what would be the next step? I think for me, for me, at least digging into my purpose and even, okay, like let's, let's be real. Like you got to make money. You got to pay the bills. You know, and I, I think that we had to talk about this one time about taking jobs um, that necessarily don't align with your purpose and the value of that. You know, when, when you have no money, when you're really trying to pay the bills, when you're really trying to get your business up and running, 
if there's more value in getting that paycheck from family photos, then there's more value in that. And that's totally okay. I'm, I'm not saying that right now today, you have to pick a very targeted specific niche and you can only shoot that for the rest of your life. That's you know, so interesting. So what you're saying to like, kind of spread it out is basically like, if you have this long-term goal of having a successful business and doing, let's say what you were doing, like shooting women and you have somebody come in for something different, you know, that you're going to, you can take that job in the long-term goal, like Saying, I don't know how to put it the right way, but like saying that you're doing it for the long-term goal and not just like, it doesn't fit your exact vision, but it is actually helping your vision for the future. Right. Because it's helping you have a successful business. Right. And it's helping you create that sustainability and it's helping you create just not that, that it's helping you create a feeling where you're not showing up as desperate. Because that desperation really affects the way, again, that you're going to show up to your clients. If, if you, if you get on your consultation calls with the thought, I need this client, or I'm not going to be able to pay my rent this month. And let's be real. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. We've all been there. I'm I'm not saying that I haven't been there because you dang well know I've been there. You know what I mean? But when you get on those calls thinking, okay, I need to book this client or else how am I going to feed myself this month? Then that, that comes through. And so getting yourself at least to the point where you're able to have some consistency is going to allow you to really dig deeper into that purpose, into what you want to be doing. So you can create that long-term future for your business. Right. Because you did this for many years before you said no to everybody. Like, let's just put that, you weren't, you weren't just immediately like, this is my passion. I'm going to say no to everyone else. Like you were taking a lot of other jobs for. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I mean, I started in family portraits. I, I gosh, I was shooting sports for a little bit. I worked at like a newspaper I was doing. I, I, I kind of joke that I photographed everything, but newborns because I'm scared that I'll break one. (laughs) (laughs) okay I am it's very scary okay we're telling this story of this is what's on my like must-have list for this podcast is the chicken oh my gosh (laughs) that's in my that's in my old I'll tell a little bit of I'll tell a little bit of the backstory we're having a coaching call on money right Mm -hmm. and how you were scared to have too much money or like what would happen if you make too much money? And then there's just like, it's not allocated correctly. Right. Right. Okay. And you can tell it in your own, in your own words. I think during that week, and I was, I was on a trip to see my family in Arizona that week. And I remember sitting in the, on the floor of the hotel room on this call and then just having this giant breakthrough about these chickens and I, I know that we were talking about um, you, you asked me to write down reasons why I deserve to make money. And my brain first went to, oh, well, I spend, you know, this many hours per client and, you know, I've invested this much in my business and, you know, I, I take these risks and I've been a photographer for this long and, you know, all those things that make us feel like we can charge what we charge. And I remember you said, no, like, why do you deserve to make money? And I'm pretty sure I started crying right now. <laughs> a lot of I'm pretty sure calls. it took me five minutes to even think of a single answer. And you came up with this analogy of treating money as chickens, right? And it, and it sounds kind of ridiculous now, but the way that you worded it was just so brilliant because you worded it in a way of, you know, Keely, if, if your neighbor had this farm and they had all these chickens, like they had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of chickens, would you think that they were greedy? And it's like, no, well, maybe they just really love and take care of their chickens. And we, we talked about exchanging services for chickens you know, instead of treating money, because money just has this stigma behind it. Money just has this nasty stigma. 
can get in real deep into like childhood beliefs and things that are ingrained to you by culture, by society. We can get real deep into that on like a whole other day. Um, and then you replace it has, with chickens. Right. So we just replaced it with chickens. Like, and it, it, have it too sounds many so chickens. silly. <laughs> right. You can never have too many chickens. It's okay to love chickens. It's okay to have a lot of chickens. It's okay to take care of your chickens. And you can trade your chickens for other things of value. Yeah. And it, it sounds, it sounds take so all silly. the money beliefs that you have, like, oh, people, people that have too many chickens are greedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just plug chickens right. and it sounds so stupid. <laughs> it's like people, well, I shouldn't charge too many chickens because like that would be bad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm taking chickens right. from other people that need the chickens more than me. <laughs> But what if you, what if you love chickens? What if chickens are able to give you the life that you want? What if chickens are able to help you travel, help you see the world, help you, you know, be financially stable? What if, what if chickens are able to do that for you? Yeah. And we've never had the thought that somebody that has a lot of chickens is like a bad person. We're never like, oh, they probably mm-hmm. cheated their way into getting all those chickens. <laughs> They're like <laughs> their way over there. They probably duped all of their clients into giving them too yeah. many chickens. Such tricksters. Yeah. So that yeah. was a huge, that was like that call. We talked about that a lot throughout <laughs> the rest of the calls. It was always coming back to chickens. So we had to cover that part. Of course we did. No, it was a, it was a huge, it was one of my favorite calls. So we talked about, we talked a little bit about like money values, right? Like we talked a little bit about being worthy of money. That was a big thing for me. We talked a little bit about starting to say no to other people, but really I think all these things that we're talking about, all of the things that I see you know, on your podcast, in your Facebook group, if you're not on the Facebook group, please join the Facebook group, um, really end up affecting how we show up, right? So we, we can see all these things and we can hear, oh, like reality follows belief, blah, 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 whatever. But when you really look into how that actually comes across to your clients, all these things really just affect the way that you show up as not only a business owner, but as a human, you know what I mean? And creating the business where you're able to do what you want to do and able to fulfill that purpose because you have the freedom to do it. Yeah. And I think people don't even realize that it's possible hundred percent. So like, this is so important that we're just showing people an example of someone who is not only making a lot of money shooting exactly what they want, but also isn't overworked, isn't like stressed out with clients all the time. And you actually have all of your dream clients, right? Like you literally have all dream clients. Yeah. I, 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 I love all my, I really do, but it's, it's so funny how you bring that up because my, my first thought is, well, I still haven't made it. It's so funny. It's so funny how we do that. It's so funny how we do that. And I know that we've talked about this before, and I think that you just did a podcast on it um, last week, but we just go through the same cycle over and over again, just on different levels. Yeah. But what state, like what part of the cycle are you in? Like, it doesn't have to be exactly a certain process, but like, where are you at right now? Okay. The way I see it, the cycle begins when we feel like we haven't reached it yet. You know, we, we feel like, okay, once I get to this, then I'll be successful. And then we have to get over the hurdle of thinking that we're not already successful, at least for me. That was the first thing that really started and moving for me. So no longer feeling that we're not successful, no longer feeling that we're desperate, um, no longer feeling that we don't deserve that money. And then really leaning into that purpose, into that why, setting those goals, and then we reach those goals. But then once we reach that goal, if that goal is just a number or if that goal is just a tangible thing, it's very natural and very normal for that goal to just get bumped up to that next level, right? So it can be like, well, I, I just, I really just want a $5,000 a month consistently, right? Because that's, 5,000 is what? 70,000 a year. 
right? So that that can seem like a really exciting number. Like it, it really is. Like that that's not that is not a small deal. Like that yeah. is very exciting. So our first goal can be like, well, I, I just want five thousand dollar months consistently. But once we reach that five thousand dollar months, and I'm sure many listeners have been in that position before. Well, it's like, okay, well, this person's doing ten thousand dollar months. So I need to get to $10,000 a month before I can be successful. And then it's 15,000, 20,000, on and on and on. And then we just, we never feel good enough if that's how we set our goals. Right. Like it's the pattern of thinking that's like, I will be good enough once I get to this goal. That Exactly. Right. So what would be a different way of thinking about it then? I think that it really just ties down to how we actually set our goals, if that makes sense. So, and, and while, while a goal of, you know, having $10,000 a month, like is, is a great goal to have like that. That's awesome. I think that we also need to set goals about our own life in the business that we want to lead. Like, for example, some of my goals is not so much about this year about well, I want to have this much of an average sale for my clients. It's, I want to affect this number of women's lives. Yeah. If that makes sense. So just kind of reframing your goals a little bit. And so instead of saying, okay, well, I want to hit like this number um, each month and there's a number I want to hit every month, but instead of focusing on that, it's, I want to be able to take off like, yeah. So instead of saying like, I want to hit $20,000 a month, it's, I want to be able to take two months off next year and travel Europe. Yeah. You know, so just kind of reframing your goals. So it's less so about those numbers, because once you hit those numbers, I promise you, and I'm sure that you've been there before. I promise you, once you hit that goal, that, that goal is just going to change. And if all of your self-worth, all of your vision of how successful you are is based on those monetary goals, then you're never going to feel like you're there because you're never going to be there because that goalpost is always going to move. Okay. Yes. I want to bring a couple of things up. Number one, I think that people hearing this might also be like, okay, well, that is why I don't set goals. And like that use it as an excuse to mm-hmm. not go for the monetary goals because it doesn't make you happy. And like, it won't, you know, change your life. And it's like, you definitely still are going for the monetary goals, but that's not like your main focus and your main sense of your worth. Right. Absolutely. And And I I think you said one thing to me and it's in my notes, it's in some old note somewhere. Um, But you asked me, what would it mean for you if you didn't reach those goals? Right. Would it, would it mean, right. What, what would that say about you? Would, would that, would that mean that you are a failure? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it does it. Yeah. Like, what would we make it mean to not hit the goal? Right. I mean, our business isn't working. Does it mean we should quit because our business is never going to work? Like a lot of people right. have their entire future of their business riding on, you know, this month <laughs> or mm-hmm. if, if this certain sales system works for them. Right. Right. Like they'll buy a program and they'll be like, um, hopefully this will work because nothing else works for me. And again, it, it's so tough. And I, I wrote about this in a Facebook post this morning, but it really is as, as business owners, we just want easy strategies. We want something that we can copy and paste and plug into our business. And, you know, we, we see the posts like, oh, like this, this Facebook ad is working for me. And we, we want that. We, we want that overnight success, but and it's tough. I really, really wish that I could just give all of your listeners a plug and play strategy that's going to make them millionaires overnight because they deserve it. Um, but that's just not how it works. Yeah. And even your success, like people might look at you and think, oh, well, you're so young. And oh, if I'm 30, I've already passed the point of that. But like you have been doing this for a very long time and you've been learning for a long time. Right. And what, what people don't see, you know, is, is September, you know, people, people might see me now and be like, well, she's making a lot of money and she's so young, but what they don't see is 
you know, me in September crying on the floor because I'm like, well, maybe I'll have to quit being a photographer because I moved across the country to a new city where I knew nobody had to restart a business. My studio shut down. You, you see the good, but you don't see everything behind it, right? So you, you might see a Facebook ad that's working for somebody else if we're going to go in that example, yeah. but you don't see all the money that they spent trying to get it to work. You don't see all the years of struggle. You don't see all the risk. You only see the good. And I think it's really, really important to point that out. Yeah. And which is this whole thing is such a good perspective that you still have a human brain and you still just have to tell yourself that you're successful because you, your brain will try and tell you that you're not successful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And even when we are successful, even when we have those big sales, we can, our brain can still tell us, um, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but we, at least I call it like my a-hole brain, right? Uh Like my a-hole brain um, just, just says these things. And it's not like I'm never going to have these thoughts again. It's not like I can train my brain to never think these things again and just erase it all from my memory. Like it never happened. So even now, sometimes I still have these big sales and I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I feel like this album is priced too expensive. I, I feel like they, they spent too much money. Maybe I should give them a discount because, you know, I really like them as a client and I don't really deserve to earn this much money for something that I really love. And those, thought, those thoughts are very real. Yeah. So even, even when you reach quote unquote success, it's not like those thoughts go away. Yeah. It's a continuous effort to keep being aware of those thoughts, right? Right. It's, it's those cycles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some of the other things I have here. Let's talk about the Facebook ads. I mean, I didn't even write that down, but I wanted to ask you since you mentioned them, what, how much went into you figuring out how to make Facebook ads work for you? And I don't really recommend that anyone, but Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say your opinion on this, but I've never had ads work for me. So I'm very curious to learn how, how much trial and error that took for you. Oh, I mean, honestly, if we really think about how long I've been working on Facebook ads, I, goodness. So I started working in journalism and public relations when I was 15. Um, I have a degree in advertising. I have a degree in public relations. So like years, like it it took me years and years. I I worked in Facebook ads for a long time. Um, So it took a lot of professional experience. It took a couple college degrees. There's a lot of background and years and trial and error um, and a lot of teaching that makes me effective at creating Facebook ads, okay? So I, I don't, I would hate for somebody to think that I just got really lucky or I copied and pasted somebody else's template and it just made me a lot of money overnight. And I don't, and I don't think that any educator is saying that that's true. I don't think that any educator, any educator on the market is saying that um, Facebook ads are going to be instantly plug and play and make you very successful. I don't think that that's true. Um, But when we're scrolling and we see these things and we see somebody else's success and I know that I kind of keep coming back to this, but I just really wanted to make it a point to share on that podcast. You know, what we don't see behind the scenes is the years that I've put into being able to make effective Facebook ads or the years and hours that I've put into creating a website or the years that I've put into, you know, building networking, right? And it really is. There's a lot of effort and a lot of hustle that you have to put into your business, And when you stop marketing, then things just kind of go out the wayside. And I think there's also a lot of value in outsourcing what you're not good at, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so when we talk about things like Facebook ads, okay, so I I might be good at those, but if you're not, and if you need help with your marketing, it's okay to outsource that. Like I'm really bad at editing, Safina. Like I'm really bad. I would spend about 40 hours. I would editing Facebook ads, editing, editing, editing photos. Yeah. I would be up till two in the morning editing photos and I was not good. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that, that was just not my strength. That was not my forte. I would spend hours and hours doing things that I was not good at, that I did not enjoy. 
So I think there's a lot to also be said about outsourcing what you're not good at. Yeah. Okay. But let's say um, for marketing, do people need to learn how to have their own message first before they outsource? Yes, absolutely. I think, again, one of the biggest shifts that I made in my business was just digging really deep into my why and into my purpose. And being able to share that why um, has really helped me connect on a deeper level with my clients, with my audience, and not only get me more bookings, but really just affect the quality of the bookings that I am getting, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we've, we've all been there when we get messages in our inbox or in our Instagram DMs that just say, you know, the, those two dreaded words, like how much, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, but like do you probably much? still get those? Like, do you get any of those people? Oh, yeah. Oh, They're yeah. Just not I got, a big one, deal I got you one though, like right? this morning, right? Like, it, they don't go away. But I also get, like, I also got a DM um, just a few days ago from a woman who was like, I've been following your Instagram for months. I absolutely love what you're doing. Um, and I, I have to have you as my photographer. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I genuinely do not think that if I wasn't really sharing my message and really digging in deep to, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? Then I don't think I would be getting clients like that. Right. Like, it's like the difference between just a photographer and, oh, I have to have you as my photographer. Right. And I, I, I've seen this before, like, um, about photographers and businesses. Like, there's a lot of good photographers who do really well in business. And there's a lot of great photographers who do not so well. And, like, when I look at my work, I, I really don't see myself as a great photographer. What? <laughs> This, this this sounds kind of funny, but just bear with me, right? So I, and it, it sounds silly because I've been in love with photography for so long and I've had a camera attached to my body since I was like eight years old, but I really don't see myself as a great photographer and that's okay. And just bear with me as I kind of explain why. Like I, I don't see my work as earth shattering. I, I don't see my work like it belongs in these giant museums, but I, I I feel like I'm able to create a business that really matters. I'm able to do something that really matters, less so about the actual photo, but about the experience behind it. Mm. Okay. So it, it, it's less so, at least to me, it's less so about being a great photographer or a great artist but in being able to create an experience and sharing that purpose and sharing that why that's able to allow me to have clients like the ones that cry into your arms. You know what I mean? Because she's not crying into my arms because the lighting was so good and look at that hair light and wow, like the toning on that photo was just beautiful. And look at, look at that perfect editing. That, that, that's so good. not why that that's not why my client is that's not why my client is crying right she's crying because I made her feel something yes okay so let's just stop here for a second because so many people spend so much money and time and energy on just trying to make their work better and trying Mm -hmm. to take lighting classes and all of that right Mm -hmm. and it's like and comparing themselves to the award winner photographers and being like well I'm not that good yet and mm-hmm. undercharging because of that, like that is not oh. what sells photography. That is not being the best photographer. Isn't what sells photography. That is such a real thought, isn't it? I can charge this much once my work is good enough, but if somebody values your experience, then your work already is good enough. Yeah. Like if somebody is crying and you have a picture that's blurry and it sucks and <laughs> whatever, like you still did your job, right? I'm laughing because I'm pretty sure that photo was like out of focus. I'm pretty sure the focus was like on her nose instead of her, <laughs> eyeball, instead of her eyeball, but she didn't care. You know, she, oh. didn't, she didn't look at that photo and be like, well, your F stop should have been F2 instead of F1.4. You know, it, it really is the experience that you create. 
So, okay. So to bring together everything you've said so far is like, basically all of these other things aren't what make you money. Your studio isn't what makes you money. Your mm. ads don't make you money. Your work doesn't make you money. It's the feeling that you're giving people. <laughs> I'm not saying you, I'm saying like everybody, no, I know. Right? it's like, it's the feeling that you're giving people. And that's why if you're hustling a lot and you're doing a bunch of work and you're not making money, that's why it's because you haven't taken the time to plug into that. Right. Is that what you would say? Yeah. And it, it really is. It really is how you show up. When we look at all these things that we talked about today, they affect how you show up. And even if we go back to, you know, getting, getting good at your craft and mastering your craft, because of course there's value in that. Um, little shout out to, to Molly Shepard. I think I saw a post from her this morning um, about the lighting series from Felix. And she talked about in her posts about how that education paid off because she was able to walk into a location that she's never been in before. She's able to walk into somebody's house and feel confident that she was a pro, that she knew how to light the subject, that she knew how to light the room because of that education. Mm. So I, I don't, I don't want to act, and I, I know that you don't either, I don't want to act like that education is not important because it is you know, mastering your craft is important. But when we really look about all of these things, they're just affecting how you show up in your business. Yes. Oh my God, Keely, this is so good. I love this. This is so good. <laughs> like, yeah, like the whole thing about the confidence, it's like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. you don't have to have the lighting to make you confident, but like the lighting does help make you confident. Right. Yeah. Right. And again, there, there's no... There's no pinnacle of success. There, there's no point that you reach where you feel like, oh, well, I have mastered photography. <laughs> there, there's, you, you'll never reach the point where you can say, unless you're Felix maybe, where you can say, oh, I am the master of lighting. I know everything about lighting. I can do anything in this universe. Or, well, I make this much a month now. So I am successful and there's no up from here you know you'll never you'll never reach that point and and that's and that's okay yeah that's the point of life yeah I think that too about photography is like you always think there's going to be a certain point where you've like mastered photography and it's like Mm -hmm. you get better every single every single year that you do it and what I think that you get better at is you can tell me your opinion on this but I think it's like you get better at the technical aspect every year so that you have more space to hold for your client. So it's like the technical isn't taking up your whole brain space anymore. And then you have more space for your client. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to, you know, to know how to take a beautiful photograph of a woman, to know how to pose a woman, how to light a woman without thinking um, has allowed me to be able to, you know, really connect with her during the photo shoot instead of worrying about my settings. Yeah, which is, yeah, you can't do that when you start off and you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) You just have to go through that. Okay, what would you say to somebody who is just not even sure, like they have a dream to be a photographer and to make, let's say, six figures, but they're just Mm -hmm. not sure that it's like for them. They've never been a good salesperson. They have never done that before in their job or in their business. Like, what would you say to someone who's just not even sure if it's going to work out for them? I mean, there's so many questions that I would ask that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think the, and again, I keep talking about this, but I think the first question I would ask is, well, why do you want to be a photographer? You know, who, what do you want to create? Who do you want to serve and why? And then just keep asking yourself why it's kind of like, um, I made, I made a post a while ago about this. It's kind of like talking to a five-year-old right? And Safina, you, you would understand this, but when you talk to a five-year-old and you try to explain why the sky is blue, they just keep asking why, you know? So the sky is blue. Why is the sky blue? Yeah, science. Uh, But just keep asking why. So if we look at our business um, kind of in that example, well, okay, why do you want to be a photographer? And well, I want to take good photos. Well, why do you want to take good photos? Or you know, kind of just digging into what that means to you and what purpose you want to create so that you're able to long-term create a business that really aligns with not only what you want to create as a photographer, but the life that you want to live. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, would you say it's possible for anybody? If I can do it, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) If I can, if I can build a business um, as a teenager in Indiana, you can do it. I I feel like we have to just cover that though. Cause our society is like, so hell bent on being like, Oh, only, okay. This celebrity was so special that she got noticed that she made it like thinking that only a a few certain people are the smartest or a few certain people make it. It's not true. No, not at all. And, um, I think we see that a lot too, you know, location and age and all, all of these factors and all of these thoughts that we allow to hold us back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's like, let's just list off all of your things that are like, people use it to hold them back. Like all of your circumstances that you have. Ooh. You're 22. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm 22. I'm a woman. Um, and I, I, that is something that we can talk about later. Another day I was looking up statistics on how much the average male photographer in the United States makes compared to the average female photographer. And it's basically double, which is ridiculous. Um, Right. So I am, well, do we, do we want to talk about all the things that apply to me right now or that have applied to me throughout my life? Well, I would say for like right now, like you're in a very, you're in a very busy, dense, densely populated Mm -hmm. area. There are a lot of photographers around you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm two hours from LA. Yeah. You know, there's and kind of going back to not being a great photographer. There's a lot better technically. There's a lot of technically far superior photographers to me in San Diego, but also LA is not that far. Mm. Yeah. And you haven't been there for that long. Nope. I've only been here for a year and a half. When I moved, I didn't know anybody. Um, so I had no connections. I don't have any family here. Um, so I had to build up from scratch when I moved. Um, I didn't have, you know, a studio. So that was like a big limiting belief for me. Um, and even now I I used to have a commercial studio. I just moved into a live workspace, which I absolutely love. I've wanted one for years, but that's a factor too. Well, oh, well, I live upstairs. So maybe they won't think I'm so professional anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that's a limiting factor. Yeah. That's a big one. People like don't think they can do it out of their house or where, where they live. Oh yeah. And it's, it's the best. I, yeah. I, I personally love it. I, I much prefer it to having a separate commercial space, but that is, yeah, that's the limiting factor. Well, what will they think? Because I, I have a cat. Like, what if my what if my cat comes downstairs? And what if they don't like cats? And you know, all these things that we that we worry about. You know, that we really just let get in the way um, of our own of our own success. Yeah, and you moved out with your own savings, and you earned those right. photography, and you right like. Mm-hmm. So yeah. weren't given no, like, no backup plan, no yeah. backup job, no plan B, uh, no, yeah, nobody, no family here to be there in case something went wrong. And, um, for me, it was, it, it was scary, you know, like I'll be real. Like it was scary moving across the country with, um, a little bit in savings when you don't know anybody in this new city. Um, and I, I get asked that a lot. So maybe I'll touch on it just a little bit. Um, it, it is, it, it's scary, but for me, it was scarier not to, right? And there, there is a privilege in that where I can, I, I know that if, if something, like if I really did fail, if I really did go broke, if I really just couldn't do it anymore, like I could move back in, <laughs> I could move back in with my family in India. Like I could, I could move back. Like I do have a fallback and there is privilege there. And I do want to acknowledge that. Um, But for me, it was much scarier to not take that risk because I didn't want to live with what if. So you did it (laughs) and it worked out for you. Worked out pretty good. We can finally (laughs) see it worked out. And you're in like, let's, we didn't even really say, but how long was California on lockdown? I mean, it, it was pretty much on and off. Like you weren't allowed um, to operate your business for how many months? About eight months. 
Yeah. So like the majority of the year. Right. Yeah. Right. And you still survived through that. Through- I survived. I survived. And um, now I'm booked out. Um, we're recording this in early May. I'm booked out through August now, which is really exciting. Um, really, really exciting. I have a lot of clients who I, who I love that come to me for me. Um, and it's, it's very exciting. And really, I really couldn't have done it without you and having gotten over a lot of those thoughts and a lot of those beliefs that hold you back. And again, I know that we talked about this earlier, but it's not like those thoughts go away. You know, those, those thoughts still come up. They, they come in cycles. It's learning how to feel them, um, understand them, understand why they're there, understanding how those thoughts are trying to protect you and help you, and then just keep on moving. Yeah. Do you want to share any of the things that you've gotten through that were really helpful for you? Any of the thoughts? So we talked about, we talked about money values. We talked about saying no. We talked about um, not, not feeling like you're successful yet. I think those were probably the first, the, the, the big three for me. Um, I have one. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Remember you were like, you thought your clients were like going to die. Like if they spent their money with you, you were like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You like literally thought they would be, there would be their last $2,000 and like someone would not have met oh. or something. <laughs> oh, God. And I, I still have those thoughts. I still have those thoughts, but it, it really is. Okay. Like how is this trying to protect you? I remember, I think the example I gave you was when I had my first 10k sale it was a senior client and I was like well how are they going to pay like how's the how are the parents going to pay for their college tuition (laughs) after they spent all this money on their albums and Wallard and all these things that of course the mom really really wanted and really really loved and I'm sure still cherishes to this day but my thought was how are they going to pay for their college tuition right Or even now, like, well, what if this is like the last, you know, $2,000 that my clients have? And um, this is kind of a different tangent, but something that I think is really, really important for every photographer to do is hire another photographer. Um, I hired you, Safina. Oh, what would it have been? It would have been a couple years ago. Maybe. Probably a couple years ago. Um, to take portraits of me and I remember the experience very well you know I was in college um, I was trying to pay for college so I didn't have like a ton of money just lying around but it was so valuable to me to actually spend the money It, it felt so good and that that's like a whole other conversation but it felt so good to spend the money I wanted to spend the money I wanted to come in and sit and, you know, drink a glass of champagne and get my makeup done, get my hair done. I wanted to be photographed by you and nobody else because I wanted that luxury experience, Mm -hmm. right? Even though I, you know, I wasn't swimming in money. I was in college. I was young, but I wanted to give myself that experience. Yeah. It's so important to point out that you didn't like just have a ton of extra money laying around to do it. You wanted to do it for the Mm -hmm. feeling of spending the money on yourself. Right. So even though we can feel like, well, what if you could have felt like, well, what, what if that is Keely's like last $2,000? Well, Keely wanted to spend (laughs) (laughs) that. Maybe that's how she wanted to spend her last $2,000, you know, and maybe that's, that's what she wanted. And that, that is another hurdle that we got over, right? Is allowing your clients to spend money, which ah. can seem so weird because as business like owners, we're concept. always, yeah, right. We're always yeah. trying to focus on, well, I need to get, I need to get this sale or I need to get this sale or I need to make, you know, I need my average sale to be this, but we really, we, we really try to stop our clients from doing what they want sometimes. <laughs> which is such yeah, a funny we, thing like, we literally just don't even believe that it's possible we're like what is wrong with you like why would you spend this right like, what? 
<laughs> what do you think? maybe maybe that maybe that is how they want to spend their money and maybe that's okay um so yeah really just focusing on serving that client and giving them what they want again this just keeps going back to how you're showing up how you're showing up in your business okay for anyone that doesn't understand what that means like what is what is how you're showing up mean I think that it really is how you show up in so many ways, like how you show up emotionally, how you show up energetically, you know, um, how you show up. If we kind of talk about like even those first consultation calls when you're on the phone and that thought is, okay, either how do I serve this client or it's, I really need to get this client. I really need to make the sale. It's really going to affect your energy. It's going to affect your attention. It's going to affect the actual words that really you're saying to the person on the other side of the phone and they're going to be able to sense that. Mm, right. So it's like you're like what I teach, which is the thought feeling combination of how you're thinking about it, where you're focused, how you're feeling in your body when you're on the right. call, when you're with your clients. And really, and really that confidence, that confidence of being able to walk in the room, feeling that you are the right photographer for them, feeling that you know how to give them the experience that they want instead of worrying about all the little things or about your thoughts. So you can hold that space for your client instead. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's so good. What are the money-making thoughts that you have? Like what are some of the top money-making thoughts and feelings? Okay. Yeah. Let's dig into that. Um, one, I am already successful. Two, I am able to create an experience that they will love. Three, I am here to serve my client. Um, I think those are probably the ones that instantly come to mind. Okay. You know, so keeping go along with those. I think overall the underlying Thing is keeping the focus on the client and keeping the focus on serving instead of keeping the focus on yourself mm. right so just having that confidence and having that feeling of I'm, I'm gonna be okay I'm already successful and again there's there's a lot that comes from that that we talked about earlier from just having those bookings and you know how to get to those bookings um, but just having those thoughts of I'm already successful I'm going to be okay and then instead of worrying about you so much, then focusing on holding that space for your client. Okay, how can I serve them best? How can I create a really exceptional experience for her? You know, and that can go, if we talk about like the technical things, you know, that we kind of always want to talk about the technical things, like something that I do in my business, um, you know, instead of just focusing on me is just asking little things like when's your birthday what's your favorite snack so of course I keep a spreadsheet with all of my clients birthday so of I can course you do. of course I do <laughs> I love spreadsheets I <laughs> that's a whole other topic I love my spreadsheets um so I can send them a personal text or a personal card on their birthday happy birthday I loved our photo shoot still thinking about you hope you have a wonderful day and then like attaching one of their favorite photos to that text you know or you know what's your favorite snack and then of course I'm going to have that in the studio when they arrive so they're just those those little touch points where the focus is on the client and I'm able to do that because my headspace is focused on serving the client instead of making the sale yeah. And let's just say like the importance of having a coach is so helpful for clearing out your brain before you're with mm -hmm. your clients so that you do acknowledge all the stuff that you have going on in your own head and all of your own drama. And then it's like 100% problem anymore. Yeah, absolutely. A coach is worth their weight in gold. Seriously. It, and it really is. We can try to like self-medicate we can try to be like oh well maybe I don't really think those things or I think those things and it, it really is you have to do the work you have to sit down and for me a lot of crying you have to do a lot of crying <laughs> uh, and really dig up these deep thoughts in these deep limiting beliefs and these deep kind of societal pressures that are just in ingrained into us and really being able to dig those up and look at them for what they are and understand why they're there and what purpose they're trying to serve for us 
and then realizing how to let some of those go is so powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. And it just like kind of adds up over time the more that you do it. So I think that really helps with what you said. Okay. So let's talk about where can people find you? I want to touch on, you have your copywriting group for your personal Instagram photography page. Absolutely. So you can find me um, on Facebook at 1000 words group. So one zero 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 words group. You can find me directly there. You're more than welcome to shoot me a DM or you can find me on Instagram at Keely Miller. So that's K-E-E-L-E-Y Miller Portrait. Um, Those are going to be the best two ways to get in touch with me. Okay, perfect. And then we'll link all of those in the show notes too. Sweet. Okay. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. I had so much fun. There's so much good wisdom in what you said. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack there, but hopefully, hopefully it helps. Yeah. Hopefully they take notes. All right. I'll talk to you (laughs) later. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed the show today, you have to come check out our free Facebook community. You can find it by searching on Facebook for the group called Money Freedom for Photographers or linked in the show notes. We'll see you in there.